I hope you like naked ghosts, bloody tampons, and one-dimensional useless characters. Because we watched Blood Knight, The Legend of Mary Hatchet. We watched it so you don't have to. So you know what time it is. What's up, Moon Goons? Welcome to the Horrible Horror Podcast, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. I'm your host, Mr. Marshall Hampton. Join me, as always, is my buddy, my co-host, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Aaron, how are you doing today, or tonight, this evening, whatever you want to call it? It is this evening. I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, it's, I don't know, what, month 89 of uh, COVID, <laughs> pandemic, isolation, all that great stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, speaking so, of that, and, that, that's why we were gone. We we yeah, yeah. We, we had a little bit of a hiatus here. Kind of uh, last time you saw us was pretty much right around Halloween. Uh, I think the last episode we did was Jacko, um, and then we were supposed to do the Halloween episode, which was going to be Halloween Five, but we had a little. And it was supposed to be in studio. I was yeah. so excited. We had Coffee Doug lined up. Everyone was on board. We were going to do Halloween Five, ready to go, and then and then I caught the COVID. I got Marshall got the Rona. I did. I got sick. My my uh uh got because my girl, she got it from work because people at her work weren't wearing their goddamn motherfucking masks. And motherfucking so mask. I got it. My daughter got it. All of us had it. Like luckily, my parents didn't. We isolated. We quarantined. Uh, hit us hard, but we're doing okay now. And that's why we were gone yeah. for a while. Um, because I just felt like shit, and I just couldn't deal with it uh i just was unable to record at the time uh so that's where we were guys i know some people on twitter and uh some people are wondering where we're at and why things got delayed um that's what happened uh the covid got us and just uh shit happened uh so yeah, please I, I, please I, fuckers wear your you goddamn know, mask out there this shit's real yeah, man it's fucking yeah, real yeah so i mean overall i mean how how are you feeling still i mean i know i've, I've been keeping in contact with you but for the moon goons at home, how are you feeling, man? Overall, I'm okay. Uh, I still have some up and downs. I I'm, I still have I feel tired a lot and mm-hmm. uh, get a lot of headaches. But I don't know if that's necessarily due to Corona or COVID or not. Or just, that's just because I've been having headaches from, ever since my uh, the old brain surgery, the old tumor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it could be related to that and not um, COVID. But those have been bothering me a lot lately. So, yeah, the COVID uh, COVID hangover is a real thing. They say it's uh, you know the headaches are common, the fatigue is common, uh, you know just um, shortness of breath, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but uh, it's nice it's nice to have you back doing the podcast, man. It's yeah, I need weeks. you to get back, man. It's, it feels like it's been way too long. I just I, I I'm getting I feel like I got get that ring rust off. I got you know feel the yeah, rusty. Yeah, get, yeah, get, get, you got to take some again. reps. Yeah. So uh, hopefully this, I, this it, episode it, won't be too it, rough. <laughs> Yeah, since we were on break, too, I figured, you know what? God damn it, I'm going to take a break, too. Since Marshall's sick and laid up, I'm just going to take a little bit of time. I haven't posted shit on social media. I know social media is important to the podcast. I know it's good to keep in contact with people. But fuck, man, it's exhausting. So I'm just <laughs> like, you know what? We're down. We're out. 
I'm just gonna just lay low until Marshall's ready to come back. And now you're back, so I'll I'll pick up uh, back on Instagram and the Facebook and get that going again. Yeah, hopefully we're back for good because I mean we have this is a you know pretty much this is supposed to be normally our busy. We got through Halloween uh, for the most part October pretty well. Right. Uh, but we know we're going right into our Christmas horror movie month, uh, month of Christmas. My favorite movie. time of year. I baby. know it's your favorite time of year. So, uh, we, you know, this is a, always been a fun time with the Christmas horror movies. We got those coming up right around the corner. So yeah, um, we already have a Christmas tree up. God damn you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, don't worry. We're going to get the second one. The second one's going to be a real one. Fucking, you get two. You don't need two Christmas trees, motherfucker. You don't use them. Yeah. <laughs> One upstairs, one downstairs. Oh, God damn it. Anyway, that's not why people are here. They want to hear us talk about that. They are here for the shitty movie, and we got a doozy. Well, I, I, maybe not so much a doozy, but we got one anyway. Yeah. Uh, Blood Knight, Bloods Mary Hatchet. This thing was released on October 10th of 2009. Uh, it's written by Elkie Blasey? Blasey? I fucking, I don't know how to spell that name. It's uh, Elkie? Uh, is, there, is there any any <laughs> It's, like it just made me think of Balky Batakamoose all of a sudden. It's yeah, it's about the first name is E L K E, so Elk Elk Elky if the E is pronounced, yeah. I don't know. And then the last name is B L A S I, so Blase Blase Blase. Who fucking knows? Um, Blase and and Blase. Yeah, and Frank Sabatella, and it's also directed by Frank Sabatella. Um, now Frank Sabatella, uh, he's directed and produced a few other horror films, uh, such as Night of the Pumpkin. The House That Cried Blood, Children of the Witch, and The Shed are all some other horror movies he's directed. Uh, you can find this movie right now on Amazon. Unfortunately, it's not a freebie. It's a rental or a purchase. Um, you but, have to pay for this piece. Yeah, shit. you got to pay for this one. Um, the cast, there's only three people I'm going to mention right now. Um, sorry, uh, Lainey, character Lainey is played by Samantha Hahn. Uh, she's got 12 credits to her name, including Night of the Pumpkin, the, which I just mentioned. Uh, Re- <laughs> Return to Sleepaway Camp. And Bloody Slumber Party, or other horror movies she's been in. And then... Return, Return to Sleepaway Camp, is that in the canon? Is that, like, I'm not four? sure if that's... Yeah, I don't remember if that's canon or not. Or if it's, like, uh, where that picks up. If it, Or if it's, like, a... It, I, I've seen it. I just don't remember much about it. I, I don't remember if it picked up after the events of, like, w- number one or number two, and then kind of s- forgot the other well, ones. Or if it's just a does straight Does it have up, Angela in it? I don't think so but again it's been years ah. since i've seen it so i don't remember don't quote me on right. that i could be wrong um and then we have two horror icons in this movie uh we have graveyard gus played by mr bill mosley and uh alisa alisa i'm sorry alisa played by one of my favorites the always wonderful and beautiful daniel harris is uh in this movie as well um daniel so- harris yeah i i've gotta make a I got to take a moment here to talk about Daniel Harris. I previously, in one of our earlier episodes with Daniel Harris in the movie, I said something to the effect of, I just don't get it. I don't get the Daniel Harris love. And in retrospect, I want to take that back. Because when I rewatched Halloween 4 and 5, as a child actress, she just fucking nailed it. And then she stuck with horror pretty much throughout her entire career. I mean, she did also did Don't Tell the Babysitters. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitters. Uh, yeah, yeah I was about to bring that. Yeah, don't. And she was also in, I believe, The Last Boy Scout with Bruce Willis and, uh, oh. uh, uh, was it the Wayne? Damon Wayne. Damon Wayne. Yeah. yeah. But overall, she's stuck with horror, you know, I mean, horror yeah. movies, most mostly the B-level stuff, too. She might have a few bright spots here and there. But after, 
after uh, rewatching Halloween, I was like, you know what, man, I kind of stuck my foot in my mouth. Daniel Harris is uh, awesome. Well, that's you know, I'm proud of you. You know, that's I respect your. <laughs> that, that's nice to see you come around and admit your your mistake there or your your fault, whatever. Um, but yeah, so yeah, she's. It, in, just, it goes too harsh a judgment. Uh, now, the, both Bill Mosley and Daniel Harris have been on, we've been featured on this show many, many times. Um, we actually had one of our Moon Goons, longtime listener, ask if, you know, mentioned that maybe these two should be considered for our Hall of Fame. And you know what? I've thought about it many times, but at the same time, our Hall of Fame was kind of like Daniel Harris and Bill Mosley would be like a good, regular horror Hall of Fame, along with like Kane right. Hodder, Robert England, Wes Graham. They're, they're all in like the horror Hall of Fame, the big way ones. Our horror hall of fame is kind of like not necessarily like the good horror. We put like the kind of the crappy people, like you know, no offense, like people like Julian or like or other hall of fame inductees, but they're, they're the, the big names, like BC level, yeah, BC level people that aren't you know necessarily going to be. So I don't know if Daniel Harris and Bill Moses will ever actually be inducted into our hall of fame because they should and probably be in the normal Hall of Fame. If they aren't already, they're probably, you know, they will be, and they should be, if there is an actual Horror Hall of Fame. So, uh, just want to clear that up. You know, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's never going to happen. It's just doubtful. And not because we don't love them, because I do love them. This, that's, they're, they're basically above what we do. <laughs> they, they, get, they already have the renown and the credit, and so it, it just doesn't, it doesn't, not for what our, our Horrible Hall of Fame is. Even though they have been featured on the show, Many, many times, probably more, yeah. almost as much as most of our Hall of Famers have been. Um, but th- so there's, I just want to clear that up. Uh, so that's really all I'm going to talk about uh, before we get into the movie itself. Um, now, some of this movie, I will admit, I'm I, trying to get back in the flow of things and, and still recovering from everything. My, so my notes, there's some things I'm skimming over in this movie, and I'm, I'm trying to um. Uh, streamline this a little bit better you know so we're not dragging it out too long and there's a lot of downtime in this movie so um there's some things i am going to skip over or or breeze over pretty briefly uh just keep so keep that in mind uh with that let's go let's jump in uh the movie itself we we open in long island new york back in 1978 as a young mary uh as a child is in her bedroom sitting on the floor in front of her mirror or sitting in front of her, now on the floor, sitting in front of her mirror as a thunderstorm rages outside. Uh, she's brushing her hair. Her mom comes in, takes over, uh, and starts brushing Mary's hair for her for a bit. She smiles at Mary and just leaves. So it's kind of awkward, a little creepy, but she's like, okay. And yeah. then Mary just continues to stare into the mirror, like just a blank void, just staring off into the mirror. Later that night, um, loud crashing sound wakes up the mom from her sleep. She gets up to check it out, finding blood in the hallway that leads her to the bathroom. She opens it's the bathroom. Everywhere. It's, Blood everywhere. Yeah. Uh, she opens the bathroom door and it, yeah, it looks like a fucking slaughterhouse in there. Like just, it's covered in blood. So she rushes to Mary's room and finds Mary standing in her bedroom, covered in blood, holding a large pair of scissors and blood just all over the room. There is a very fast close up shot of Mary's crotch where, and we see like her <laughs> nightgown is bleeding like in the crotchal area. Um, and then there's uh, the mom grabs Mary, who's like who's still like staring into the mirror at this point, and like where she spins around, she's like she's panicking. She's like, "What happened, Mary? Are you okay? What's going on? What's happening?" At this point, Mary raises the scissors and kills her mother by stabbing her in her soft, wet eye hole, and <laughs> uh, more blood just sprays everywhere. 
Dude, the blood, I just this movie does really go gusto with the blood. I got to give him credit there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, yeah, I'm definitely going to comment on that more later, but yeah, we'll get that out of the way. Um, we cut to Mary now armed with a hatchet. She enters her parents' bedroom where her father is somehow still sleeping, even though there's this giant thunderstorm, like <laughs> vases or something, some stuff breaking. The mom's screaming, what's screaming. the matter, what's the matter? Gets stabbed in the eye, screams even louder, but the dad just like sleeps through all of it. Uh, however, just another fucking, just another Wednesday night. <laughs> he sleeps through all that, but then he wakes up just on a whim as Mary stands over him, completely silent. <laughs> Not doesn't do it; he's just completely silent. But that's when he wakes up, just in time to see Mary slash him across the face with a hatchet, killing him, sending more pretty blood. Good, yeah, pretty sends, good effect. Pretty good effect. Sends blood and teeth flying. Uh, then it turns out we see the mother's not actually dead because she's uh, crawling down the stairs, crying and in pain. So she's crawling down the stairs and she makes her way to this like a uh, 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 telephone, like this old telephone that's in the like, little end table. And uh, she gets the phone and she starts dying for help. But before, you know, she gets 911, the operator's there. But before Mary, the mom can say anything, Mary comes up behind her and just buries the hatchet right in the back of the mother's skull, just killing her. She's gone. She's dead. And again, pretty good effects. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Like so far, like I'm like I, okay. I'm like I'm in. Like I'm drawn in this movie. Yeah. Like, all right. I got my attention. Um. So now we jump to the Kings Park Psychiatric Center in Kings Park, New York, in 1989. So 11 years have passed. Um, sitting naked on the floor in her cell is a now grown-up Mary. Uh, in comes the fat, pervy night guard. Who I mean, just fucking rapes Mary. Just it's just no way it should go. It's just pretty brutal rape scene he just it's it's, it's pretty disturbing um and this is where he kind of lost me uh <laughs> you know it's like i i don't like this kind of stuff and the way he's behaving he's like oh you want to give daddy a lollipop you want to lick daddy's lollipop because he's like this really fat dude like grabbing his crotch and then it's you know ugh, it's a disturbing rape scene it's really ugly and i'm like man you're losing me you're losing me yeah um I, I, at this point, I'm still not. I'm not out yet. I'm still like, okay, whatever. It's disturbing. He rapes her, and then we jump nine months from then, and Mary is sitting on her cell floor, pregnant now, full month, nine months pregnant. Uh, we jump right to her in labor, screaming. She's being pinned down, restrained by a team of nurses and doctors. They sedate her. Uh, when she wakes up, she hear, the doctors staying over behind her to basically tell her that the child died during birth. Did not, yeah, did not survive the delivery. Yeah, uh, a big storm rolls in, um, and we go to like the nurse, like a, a nurse, like a, uh, the nurse's station or a counter somewhere, and Mary just boop, pops right up out of nowhere. She's just there, and she startles the nurse. The nurse like, all right, Mary, hey, let me get you back to your room. What are you doing? Like, come on, let's go back. She's very nice, very friendly. Um, but as fast as a flash of fucking lightning, Mary just reaches out and snaps, uh, the nurse's neck, killing her. And I'm not, I'm not talking about like a simple neck snap. Just like quick, you're dead. No, Mary somehow suddenly has like Jason Voorhees strength and not just snaps her neck, but completely twists the nurse's head like 180 degrees around. Like her head is now like her face is now behind her. Her back. Yeah. Her back. And it's just. And you see, like, this bu- just, like, bunched up, like, neck, skin, it's all bubble. It, it's, like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. 
I'm back in. <laughs> back in. Uh, and then Mary goes on just this mass murder spree, killing every orderly nurse and doctor she comes across. And this and is it's all. Just, it's, it's, yeah, it's all like, uh, you know, rapid fire montage. Yeah, and like splashes of red. And somehow during this process, she loses her clothes. Again, yeah. she's naked. Yeah, she's so, naked. So, because when she killed the nurse, she has, like, scrubs on. You I know. don't know which, or her gown, or, yeah, hospital gown right, or something right. like that, yeah. Right, but then, then during the killing spree, poof, clothes are gone. <laughs> yep. Um, so, Mary ends up outside, naked, covered in blood. The police have arrived, and they see Mary walking towards them, carrying someone's decapitated head, like, just strategically placed right in front of her vag. Um, and they order her to stop and raise her hands. Mary stops, stares at them, screams, and then just throws the severed head at the cop car, smashing the windshield. The cops, I guess, think there's a sign of aggression, obviously, and then just open fire and just shoot the shit out of Mary. And the killing shot hits her dead center in the forehead. She falls to the cold, con- the wet concrete, dead. There could be a bloodborne pathogen in the head, Marshall, and it could cause an infection, which could <laughs> cause death. Ergo, they were using deadly force, so the police had to respond in kind. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's, that's how I'd explain it in court, man. I don't Maybe, know. but you think you throw a severed head, you're kind of out of ammo. It's like a one... I mean, she's got nothing left. She's not She's not a threat anymore. There's kind of yeah, no need to shoot her. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous that they just blow her the fuck away. Yeah. When she's just like... You know, a hundred pound naked woman. Basically, you know. at this yeah. point, all they know is she she destroyed police prop or government property. She didn't harm <laughs> anybody. She didn't throw the head at the cop. She threw it at the car. So yeah, they have really no reason at this point to shoot her and just open fire on her. But anyway, we uh, we, we roll yeah, the opening that, credits at this point. <laughs> and that first that fr- it's the first 10, 12 minutes of the movie, dude. It's and like 15, 16 minutes of the movie. Yeah. There's so little dialogue yes. during that time. Very little. I, I, can, I can sum up the 50 minutes. <laughs> There's so much screaming, so much over-the-top screaming and, like, crazy scenery, but no dialogue. Yeah. Very, very little dialogue. It's, it's kind of – it was cool to watch, but at the same time, not boring, but just hard to watch because it's 15 minutes of just scenery without much it – was, it, was, it, it, it was a weird – Weird uh, intro. Yeah, um, I, I I I'll agree with you on that. Um, so I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I I, I you know I'll tell you how I feel. I felt like I, at this point I was stolen. Like I, okay, I'm in this. This was solid opening. It was intense. A lot of kills, gore, fast pain. Like okay, I'm in right now. Like it's got my attention. I'm good. Um, but as the credits roll, we get lots of quick flashbacks of, of Mary killing her parents and various others along with old newspaper clippings that that old you know trope of you know, here's all the newspaper yeah. clippings blah 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 and one focuses on the fact that Mary was 12 years old at the time at this point you know I've got I'm paying attention I get confused with newspaper clippings I'm not sure if the writers are trying to do something with this or if they just got really lazy because the very first article we see if you pause and read it it talks about Lizzie Borden and Lizzie Bordemer is back in the late 1800s. And then we see with another with the headline um, that reads, Court finds Mary Hatchet unfit to stand trial. But if you read the body of the article, you've noticed, you'll know something a little fishy about it. And it start, so it starts, it says, on the evening of August 4th, 1985, 
But then after that, it goes into the exact same article as the first one, word for word, talking about the Lizzie Borden murder. So they just cut and pasted the entire fucking article from the first one into this one, word for word. And as a matter of fact, after that, every single newspaper clipping that you see, if you <laughs> take time to read it, is the exact same body of dialogue or text talking about the Lizzie Borden murders back in the 1800s. And never once, it's not like Mary's last name isn't Borden. She's not Lizzie Borden. I, I don't know why they did this, but it's the laziest thing that they, and it doesn't even take place in the 1800s. They didn't update the dates or anything. It's the I, laziest fucking shit. And that's why I love you, baby. I love how you like, these are flashes of articles that might be on the screen for maybe three seconds max. And you're pausing it and parsing through their bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like it's still calling them out. Oh, man. Yeah, because like if you're going to flash newspaper articles up on a screen, you better be prepared for people like me who are going to pause and want <laughs> and read this shit to see if it has to do with the story. Because maybe you get some background information on this this character or something. Oh, like, otherwise, you, so you better, filmmakers, you better be prepared if you're going to put that shit, making some <laughs> original shit to put up there. Don't just copy and paste the same goddamn article that has nothing to do with your current story about Lizzie Borden. It's just Bravo. lazy. So anyway, Man, I, I I thought you'd have a like have maybe a little misstep here and there since COVID, but dude, you're fucking on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, after newspaper articles, we get various doctor reports now. So now we go from news to like you know patient files basically on her mental condition and that her violent tendencies are heightened during her menstrual cycle. Really? So basically, our Sounds killer just suffers from bad PMS. The official term they use is menstrual dysphoric disorder. So, of course, I had to look this up. And I this, know you would. And this brings us to our educational moment. According to the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine website, menstrual dysphoric disorder is not a real thing. However, there is a premenstrual dysphoric disorder, a.k.a. PMDD. Now, what's that, you might ask? PMDD or premenstrual dysphoric disorder is a much more severe form of premenstrual syndrome or PMS. It may affect women of childbearing age. It's a severe and chronic medical condition that needs attention and treatment. Lifestyle changes and sometimes medicines can help manage the symptoms. The exact cause of PMDD is not known. Now get ready for this shit. Symptoms of PMDD. <laughs> psychological, psychological symptoms include. Sit back, guys. I went deep here. Irritability, nervousness, lack of control, agitation, anger, insomnia, difficulty in concentration, depression, severe fatigue, anxiety, confusion, forgetfulness, poor self-image, paranormal, emotional sensitivity, crying spells, and moodiness. Then there's fluid retention, swelling in ankles, swelling in ankles, feet, and hands, breast fullness, and pain, respiratory problems as well. Gastrointestinal symptoms include abdominal cramps, bloating, constipation, nausea, vomiting, pelvic heaviness, and pressure backaches. Skin problems, acne, inflammation, itching, neurologic and vascular symptoms include headaches, dizziness, fainting, numbness, tingling, or heightened sensitivity of arms and or legs, heart palpitations, muscle spasms. Other symptoms include painful menstruation, diminished sex drive, food cravings, and hot flashes. Uh, what is not a symptom is crazed bloodlust. Uh, <laughs> treatments include changes in diet, regular exercise, stress management, vitamin supplements, anti-inflammatory medicines, SSRIs, or antidepressant medications and birth control pills what is not a treatment is going on a blood crazed murder spree so 
That's our, that's their that's what they're saying. That's the explanation <sighs> of why Mary went bonkers is because she had basically bad PMS or bad periods, and and I I okay I'm not one but twelve might be a maybe pushing it on. I don't know if that's yeah, quite. Yeah, I mean you're everyone's a, a little different. Everyone's a little different, maybe. but if you're going childbirth and you want she should have been like 14 16 not 12 if you can go that well after you listed all the symptoms and and, and possible side effects i just gotta say i'm fucking glad i'm a man (laughs) yeah no i can kind of understand some of that maybe maybe people want to kill but i mean that's such a weird weird premise for a mass murderer it's one of the strangest ones I think we've come across is yeah. super PMS. Yeah. Yeah. And basically super PMS is, is what made this girl go fucking crazy and go on Mercy. And it's not just Mercy. It's not like she just went on Mercy, you know, cause she was agitated and cramping, but she apparently they're having more to it. Cause she's like, when we see her sitting in that whole, in the beginning of the movie, she's just staring comatose into a mirror and then she's in the hospital room sitting naked on a floor. That shit is not normal. There's something else going on there besides bad periods. And they just, they completely, like, wash over that aspect. Like, yeah. like, so it's, this is a weird fucking premise we're going with here. This bitch is crazy when she gets her period, man. Yeah. You know, like, that, that's their whole angle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so back to the movie now. Um, after the Mary Hatchet articles and the doctor reports, we get more random articles about the new local quote-unquote holiday called Blood Night and how teenagers run amok. Uh, during blind, basically treated as like uh, Halloween on steroids type thing. It's just nothing but pranks and 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 uh, you know just blatant just destruction, it's vandalism. Spooky, it's spooky, crap. Yeah, yeah, it's basically yeah, prank night or whatever. Um, mm. We also see that the mental hospital Mary was was at has been shut down, and that tonight is the twentieth anniversary of Blood Night, which is find out which is the night Mary killed her parents as a kid. Although I think it would make more sense when she wanted to completely bloody rampage at the hospital. Not right. because that's way more bloodshed and murder than when she killed just her parents. But anyway, that's the sit up. And like I said, that's the first 16 minutes of the movie. We just went through right there for 15, 16 minutes of the movie. That's it. And barely a word has been spoken. So there's a lot to unpack in the first 15 minutes. And yeah. then the rest of the movie is kind of like, Ugh. yeah. And that's the rest of the movie. We can <laughs> skip over basically for the most part. Yeah, basically. Uh, so after the crash roll, we go to the local high school where we start to meet our one dimensional and zero dimensional, um, uh, uh? kids whose many of their names don't fucking matter. It doesn't matter what your name is. That's right. Rock. Uh, one of the main guys is clearly way too fucking old to be playing a high school kid. He, He's so old that the bags under his eyes have bags themselves. And oh, the guy with like a full beard, almost like the, the stubble. Of, yeah, like I, guy, he, he looks like he smokes like he's been smoking like cigarettes for like twenty years. Yeah, and he's eighteen. I basically just call at this point. I just call him Old Man Logan because he's got this big poofy hair too. And he's got Perfect. yeah, it's Old Man Logan. Uh, he's short like Wolverine in the comics too. He's not a big guy. Um, Anyway, so Old Man Logan and his sidekick, who, fuck, I used to call him sidekick, um, um, basically they shoo off this pair of underclassmen who, who come and like, hey, guys, let's hang out tonight for uh, Blood Night. Yeah, woo! And they're like, get out of here, underclassmen. Nah, boo, shame on you. Uh, and they're like, you're not good enough to hang out, for, hang out for, at our party tonight. So up runs a number. VIP uh, only. Yeah. 
up runs another nameless meat sack and his blonde fuck toy girl. Uh, old man Logan tells them that they have to start early tonight because he has something special planned for Blood Knight. And we jump at this point straight to the montage of the group being rambunctious and crazy as they get ready for Blood Knight. They're going around town doing like lame pranks and just being assholes, basically. Just yeah, a lot every- of eggs involved. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, it just asshole so right behavior. off the bat, they're like, you you kind of hate these guys, you yeah, because they're just being total pricks, total yeah. assholes. They're egging people's cars and throwing eggs at people. Yeah, and you know, like like tagging shit and. You know, it's just like they're just being absolute fucking hooligans. Exactly. And these these are our sympathetic characters. <laughs> yeah, these yeah. are the guys we're one we're supposed to root for. Um, so after the montage, we cut to a cemetery where our main group is at, and they sit in, sit on, or around Mary uh, Matok, aka Mary Hatchet's grave. Okay, uh, real quick. Yes, real quick. They, they talked about how this is a VIP-only event. It's exclusive. I got something real big planned. You're thinking a big-ass fucking party, right? Right. Why is it, and all these goddamn horrible horror movies that we watch, whenever they talk about this bash of the year, it's going to be so epic. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the max is like 10 people sitting around in some fucking, in the middle of nowhere with no music, just like with like two beers. Like, yeah. Whee! This is your rager? This is your big fucking, like, moment? Yeah, I guess it's supposed to be... Why can't can't horror movies get this fucking right? Yeah, I I don't know. You would think, like, the party... They talk about... It's gonna be the party... You think that could be part of, like, uh, parties from, like, uh, Can't Hardly Wait or something like that. Or the parties you see in, like, uh, uh, American Pie at the end of the movie. Like, these big, big blah parties. No, it's like... Yeah, you're right. It's like 10 people and a (laughs) six-pack. It's the worst. Yeah, undersell it a little bit man just be like hey i got something kind of cool we're gonna go to the great okay cool yeah don't fucking sell me that it's gonna be this major rager yeah Fuck. uh so uh they bring out the beer while old man logan bursts out busts out some uh the old milton bradley ouija board <laughs> <laughs> the cheapest of the cheap ouija boards uh and, and they try to contact mary's spirit as thunder begins to roll in um they get startled when the planchette moves a bit. Um, and, you know, this blah, blah, blah just goes on for a while. Like, oh, you moved it. No, I didn't. Blah, blah, blah. And then they immediately get scared again by Graveyard Gus, who pops up out of nowhere. The lovable uh, old Gus. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this earlier I said Gus, like I said, he's played by uh, Bill Mosley. Uh, he basically scolds them for, for using the Ouija board and warns them, you know, like, you shouldn't mess with these things. They're bad. You're going to wake in the spirits, you dumb dog dicks. Yeah. Uh, old man Logan convinces Gus to tell them a ghost story about Mary Hatch. Like, Come on, Gus. You, you've been around. You know the story. Why don't you, you know, tell us? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I would love to hear a ghost story told by Bill Mosley. I would be fucking sold. I mean, th- like this part, I'm like, ooh, I hope it's good. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Uh, he tells them, he, he does tell, he doesn't tell them, he doesn't retell the story of like what we saw in the Obi-Wan book of Mary killing her parents. Instead, he gives us another story, uh, I guess that happened after, so I, 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 I'm not going to say it. it's a ghost story. So he tells about this couple, this, uh, like relatively newlywed couple with their newborn baby in the car. They're driving down the road, uh, like I said, with their newborn baby in the backseat. And as they're driving, they spot this naked woman walking down the side of the road, so out of concern, they stop, and uh, they want to pick her up and help her out. So the mom gets out with the coat, puts a coat around her, and they bring her back to the car, put her in the back seat. Um, 
Uh, they take off driving again, and they start hearing these weird noises coming from the back seat. And they turn and look in the back seat, and they see the woman is now covered in blood and screaming at them. They slam and on the brakes. Yeah. yeah, a bullet hole on her forehead. Uh, they slam on the brakes, and when they look up, they see Mary is now walking in front of the car, is out back outside of the car, walking across like in front of the car, and she's holding the baby in her arms. Um, the couple looks back in the back seat to see, like, oh my god, check on the kid, and but the baby's still there. Like, oh, okay, our baby's still here. And they look back to the front of the car to see Mary, and Mary is now gone. She's disappeared again. She's like, oh, that's confusing. They look back into the to the baby again in the back seat, and now Mary is back in the back seat. Um, she screams like, ah! and then she just cuts off the the two the couple's heads with a hatchet in one throat. Blood explodes inside the car. Um, and legend has it that this is what Bill uh, Gus says. That basically, legend has it that Mary took the baby back to the grave with her. And every year on Blood Night, Mary comes back uh, from the dead to collect more heads. Uh, and that's the story, basically this ghost story he tells. Yeah, she will not rest until she finds her her lost baby. Like, because they weren't buried together. Yeah. She was buried in this cemetery, and the baby was buried in a different one. They should have buried them together, he says. And she will not rest. And Blood Night will occur. Heads will roll. Babies will vanish. Well, Bad yeah. parties will be had. <laughs> Well, technically, they wouldn't be buried together anyway because the baby died, you know, quite a bit before she did. Uh, was already buried before she died, but I get. It. But yeah, they, still, should, be ne- they should be buried next, next to each other. Or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, at this point, we cut to uh, this girl Nicole, uh, her house where the group where our big quote unquote VIP bash is going to take place, and you know, one by one, the group starts to trickle into the house. Uh, there's a jump scare. They get jump scared by the two underclassmen we saw earlier who jump out of a closet wearing like a Mary Hatchet face, you know, mask or something like that. And the underclassmen tell the seniors that they planned uh, this little scare to show them that, hey, we too can hang with the seniors. We can hang with the big guys. Look, we scared you. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, old man Logan shows that he's about to kick them out. But the underclassman, whose name I think is Gibbs. Uh, says, hey, 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 don't get out. I brought liquor, dude. I brought liquor. It's a top shelf shit, man. I got the good stuff. So like, oh, well, okay, you can stay then because you brought booze, you can stay. So um, like I said, they start decorating the house for Blood Night. And now you might be thinking, what are Blood, what are Blood Night decorations? You might be asking yourself. Well, you know what? I'm well. going to tell you. Uh, it's basically hundreds and hundreds of bloody tampons stringed together and hung up like fucking Christmas lights. You heard that right. Bloody fucking tampons strung up around the house are the decorations. Like, are you like, at first? I, I didn't even notice until I was looking in the back. I'm like, what the fuck? Are that bloody tampons? Like, yeah, that's bloody fucking tampons. Real class act uh, decorations Dude, just, here. Just, why? Why can't they throw in a tamp? Like, you have the tampon floor. What about a few max pads? You know, what yeah. about the cups? <laughs> Maybe they have a few cups of blood out there too. You know, let's 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 uh, let's crank it up a notch. Yeah, or something like, you know, boxes of Midol spread around the house just to, you know, make it a little more festive. But fuck it. Um, so now starts the incredibly, insanely long and incredibly unrealistic party scenes, uh, which actually, this is where I'm going to start skimming over most of this and just give you kind of the cliff notes of this party. Um, so first, Meat Sack and Blonde Girl Fuck Toy, they show up at the party. Um, Nicole... Uh, 
she has just a re- fucking redonkulous body. I'll give you that right now. Just sick body. Uh, yep. At one point, Jen, the black girl, and Nicole have a better, who has a better ass contest. So that happens. Uh, a window gets accidentally broken when some more people show up. One of which is old man, old man Logan's girl, Lainey. And this point we learn old man Logan's name is Alex. Uh, also in this new group is Alyssa, AKA Daniel Harris, who I love, but I'm sorry at this point, she should not be playing a high school kid. Yeah. She's still very pretty. And she's very petite. 32 years old. At the time. Yes. She's so obvious. She's like speaking of Alex and what you said, he, uh, Alex is played by Nate Dushku, who was 31 at the time of trying filming, trying to play 18. Uh, that name might sound familiar because he's also the much, he's the, the much lesser known brother of Elijah <laughs> Dushku. Uh, Daniel Harris was also 31 years old at the time of filming. So you got two 31 year olds trying to play 18. Like, <laughs> God damn, come on. Um, Anyway, Meat Sack and Blonde Fuck Toy, who they never really speak at all in this scene. All they do is make out. They just, uh, they end up going upstairs to a bedroom to fuck. Everyone else gets drunk, just starts drinking, they get drunk. Uh, old man Logan or Alex finds an old film projector and a film strip of Attack of the Cure to Males, which he's gonna, they're gonna set up the projector to watch the movie. But when they turn it on, they find that someone switched out Killer Tomatoes for some old 70s porn movie. So there's a big, whoa, porn gag. <laughs> it's, a, it's an old stag party uh, film, reel to reel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, we get some porn. Uh, Jen, the black girl, Nicole, they start dancing, giving partial strip tease dance and lap dances for everyone and just dry humping people. And I just want to like, I'm sorry, but the things Jen and Nicole do, I'm sorry, no high school girl, I don't think would do that. Like we had a lot of crazy parties when we were that age in my house, and we did that, uh, but never at especially at this age, you know, like the eighteen. I don't think any girl would just start stripping and dancing and dry humping a bunch of dudes at this party when they're eight. Like I just find it so unbelievable. Uh, I I just like maybe maybe if it was college or something, but this is high school. You know, you don't even know if these girls are completely even eighteen yet at this point. It just I it, it's so unrealistic. Um. Anyway, and for no, and anyway, Jen, the black girl, for no reason whatsoever, just out of the blue, just suddenly has this thing for the underclassman Gibbs, like who's the entire movie, everyone's been making fun of him, they've been picking on him, kind of pushing him around, but now Jen is like, wants that underclassman dick for no reason whatsoever, just out, it's just, boom, hey, we're, I'm going to take you upstairs and we're going to fuck. It's so out of the blue, so just... <laughs> In, like what the where does this even come from? There's no buildup to it at all. Um, all this Marshall's been describing, he kind of covered in about two three minutes. Yeah, this goes on for half an hour or longer. All this shit. Well, like I said, okay, like I said this started like the first 15, 16 minutes was the good stuff, and I, I wrote my notes. We're at the forty-eight minute mark. Forty-eight minutes to where some shit finally goes down. So that entire party scene, yeah, is drawn for like. Like a half hour or longer of just nothing happening. So basically, Meat Sack and Blonde Fuck Toy are, well, they're fucking up in a bedroom. Uh, Meat Sack's on top, and he gets stabbed and impaled several times by a large pair of scissors through the neck and stabbed so much that his head comes off. Like, they just stab him so many times that his neck just disappears and his head falls off. And they can't be heard screaming because everyone's still raging partying. Yeah, they're screaming downstairs, music playing. It, yeah, all eight people because at the raging party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, 
so a blonde Foctoria gets covered in blood. No one can hear her screaming. Uh, but we, and we never see what happens next. Uh, to, we don't see what happens to blonde Foctoria because the movie just cuts to black at this point. She's screaming, cut to black. We never see what happens to her. Uh, we go back downstairs to the others. The underclassmen, one of the other, the other underclassmen, not Gibbs, goes outside for no reason at all. He's, the party's going on. He's like, he just leaves, goes outside to sit alone on the patio. Um, He's yeah. just like he's like soaking it in. He's like, I'm at a party. He's like, I yeah. finally made it. I, I I've risen. He's, he's like he's like soaking in the moment in a private in a private uh, yeah. period. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he ends up throwing up in the grass, and then when he lifts his head back up, he sees the killer coming at him. He screams, but again, we don't see anything as it cuts to a close up of a strawberry margarita being blended in a blender. Um. Uh. The blonde dude, uh, this blonde dude who's like all about drinking, he's he wears like a uh, one of those knit skull caps at all times, even though it's like spring. I, he's one of those assholes. Um, <laughs> you really hate those guys, man. I, I do. I, I'm sorry. The people who wear like winter hats, like these knit skull caps, like the middle of summer, just I want to walk up and just slap those things off their fucking heads. It's like what? <laughs> How? It's like 90 degrees outside. You're wearing a fucking knit cap. Take that shit off. You have to be. Uncomfortable, you dumb fuck. Yeah, like you're you're gonna be sweaty, your hair's gonna be all dirty. God damn it, what's wrong with you? Anyway, so that guy he walks in on Danielle Harris in the bathroom on the bat. She's on the bathroom floor, looking like she's about to throw up, and he he's drunk. He closes the door. He says some shit. He he leaves. He he lets her be. Shortly after that, the power goes out. Everyone gathers in the living room. The girls are scared, thinking that it's someone trying to fuck with them, while the others actually think it's that. Some people are like, no, it's just people just fucking with us for, you know, blood night, no big deal. And there's some people in the group who legitimately think it's the ghost of Mary Hatchet because of the shit, you know, the Ouija board story, ghost story at the yeah. cemetery. Like, no, Mary's really here. I'm like, bitch, get the, I just like, get the fuck out of here, bitch. Get out. Just, <laughs> if you're that stupid, get out right now. Um, anyway, so Alex, old man Logan, he goes upstairs to get meat sack and blonde fuck toy while he sends one of the other nameless guys downstairs along with Alyssa to check on the breaker box. Now, instead of going to the bedroom where Meat Sack and Fuck were banging, which would make sense because that's where he went to go, for some reason he goes straight to the bathroom for no reason whatsoever. Um, lightning flashes or the power comes on for a brief second. I don't know, but there's lights there. And you see it reveals that the bathroom is covered in blood, just just like we saw in the opening movie, uh, just covered in blood everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, the lights, the lights come on for a brief moment. Uh, Alex rushes back downstairs to join the others. At this point, the now headless body of the other un- underclassmen comes crashing through the window and lands at their feet. Everyone screams, freaks out, uh, and starts running for the door as, uh, 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 where was it? Oh, as Alex runs back upstairs again to get meat second fuck toy, which he should have done in the first place. But, um, he, he, he didn't. So, I, I don't know. Under I'm taking a quick <laughs> note here. on Classman Body. Something I want to talk about later. Um, oh, boy. So, everyone at this point. Okay, so everyone else um, flees the house. They, they, they run out of the house. Alex uh, heads down to the basement to look for the nameless guy and Alyssa. Um, all he, find, he finds blood all over the floor and assumes they're both dead. Runs back upstairs out of the house to join the others. Uh, they go to get in their cars to leave, but they open them on the they open up a car door and the body of some completely random dude just falls out. Yeah. Like, who is this guy? Like, 
I don't even know where and, who this guy is. Like, you've never seen him before. And like, why is he in their car dead? Just and they're, they're all saying they have flat tires. All of her tires are flat. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I forgot about that. But, um, <laughs> but I'm like, bitch, the car will still start and move. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, is that desperate? Yeah, your axles, your axles are going to be fucked. You got to pay a little. little, little. You got, got good insurance. You're fine. But... Fuck, get the fuck out of there. The other thing get I don't understand is like, they're, it's not like they're out, like, they never say they're out in like the middle of the fucking country. They're in a, maybe, we'll the say maybe a they're, small town, but your neighbors probably like, there's gotta be neighbors yeah. like right, just go to the neighbor's house. And you're like, why, like, just go down the street. Like, it's not like an old dirt road. There's, it's, you're in a town, just go somewhere. Uh, but anyway, at this point, Gus just happens to be driving by and pulls Love up. Old Gus. He's like, hey guys. Hop on in my truck. I'll drive you somewhere. And so they all hop in. And they drive off in his truck. <laughs> As they drive, Gus tells them the whore. <laughs> this shit made me laugh, too. I, I'm, this is, I find this kind of funny. Um, he, Gus tells them that the horrors of Vietnam. Yeah, the horrors of Vietnam, the atrocities and war of Vietnam are nothing Compared to the shit that he's seen Mary Hatchet unleash on his fellow workers. What? So, for some reason, I, I don't, like, first of all, why would, is Mary Hatchet going around killing, like, graveyard groundskeepers for some reason? Now? Like, I don't understand this. Um, or, or, or is there implying that Gus at one point worked at the asylum and we never made that clear? That's the only thing I can think of. But right, that's, that's that's the impression I got. But still, it's like to compare that to v- the Vietnam War, that's a giant fucking stretch. It's uh, so weird too. I mean, I I did the math, and technically, Bill Mosley. I mean, if it was Bill Mosley's age, he could have been in Nam, like the very end of Nam, and been a very young man. So I, I okay, I I give him that. But really, you're gonna bring up Nam? It seems like that's something you wanted to do in like the '80s, maybe the '90s. It's like, come on, let's. Let's get something a little no, he would definitely have to be older too. I mean, and if, even if it was like the whole, if he wasn't at the very like his basement, he would be at the very end of Nam. Now I'm That's not, I'm, yeah, I'm not, gonna, been, I'm not story, but he wouldn't have seen that much horrors by that stage in the war if he was wrapping up and you know getting out. Like my dad saw some shit, but my dad's like in his mid to late seventies at this point. Like he he was in it like and in, in its prime. Like he, he like but this shit. Like, stuff like that kind of it bothers me, you know. I don't know, but that's kind of downplay, yeah, that shit. Uh, but anyway, so for some reason, I don't know why, but Gus, instead of taking him to the police or taking him home or taking him to safety, takes this truck full of high school kids to the old abandoned asylum where Mary was locked up. <laughs> and as they pull up, Gus looks up and sees the naked ghost of Mary standing in the front doorway. And after a moment, she just kind of steps back into the shadows and vanishes from sight. And only he sees her. Everyone's like, what'd you oh, see, God. Gus? Like, uh, 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 nothing, I guess. You know, that whole thing. Everyone gets out. Gus grabs a few shovels from the back of his truck, leads them to the only grave he ever dug at the asylum. Uh, the grave of Mary Hatchett's baby. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He dug the grave for the baby? That's what, yeah, so... Graveyard Dust dug the baby's grave. That's what they're saying, yes. And he's the one bitching about how they should be re- Motherfucker, yeah. you're the guy who did it. Exactly. 
Now, granted, maybe he had no control, or you know, he's just doing his like bury her. But yeah, he's the one who fucking did it. Do you think he could go back when it's you know a couple years later when the the hospital closed down? He's like, you know what, I need to do right by this, considering he's so fucking concerned about it. In the, yeah. In the, in the beginning of the movie, you think he'd have the wherewithal to just get that shit done? Oh my god. Okay. Blood knife. Uh, oh, I'm gonna write a quick note here. Baby, dig up. Because uh, I have a note for this later. Uh, That's a great sentence. Baby, dig up blood knight. Blood knight, Gus. Okay, so... Uh, anyway, so everyone gets out. All right, I did. So they go, they dig up the baby's grave, and they find this box that's in. It's the baby, yeah, it's a box. You hear me? It's a fucking box. Not a baby coffin. Not not something proper. It's just a fucking box. And uh, like, like you would bury your a dead hamster in or a bird in your backyard. It's a fucking box. And uh, they, they open it up and the box is empty inside. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So seeing that the box is empty and still, instead of going fucking home where it's safe or getting authorities, they decide to go into the asylum because of course, why fucking not? <laughs> um, so for some reason, Gus has the fucking keys to the place. Again, I don't know why a gravekeeper have the keys to an abandoned asylum. What? The, so I, what? I, I what? guess I, I'm assuming that he is the. So he was an employee there at one time. I'm guessing. But even if he wasn't the employee there, like, why would he still have the keys? Like, he, those right? should have been surrendered upon closure or about his termination. Or what? There's no reason he should have the keys to a fucking asylum. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny you say that, Marcia, because I've got keys to. The building that had uh, Proud Mackey College, I still got keys to Kindred Hospital. I still got keys to a couple <laughs> other places. Don't tell anybody. Well, I fuck, man. Let's go on a drug run tonight, man. Let's get our black clothes on our <laughs> ski mask. And let's go on a fucking drug run. Get them prescription drugs. Uh, get the good, get that morphine. Get the good, good. Get the good, good. Um, anyway, so even more believable than Gus having the keys for, is the fact that for some reason, the, 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 the sign, the abandoned sign that's been abandoned for like 20 years or something like that, still has fucking power for some reason. How? <laughs> Why is there power in this place? <laughs> I don't, like, that blows my mind that there would be power here. So, they, they, they <laughs> yeah, who knows? They all go to, like, the old records room, which is the size of, like, a big closet which now, again this, is ridiculous. this to me is way more unbelievable than the fucking power still being on they have all the patients records still there in yeah. files and file cabinets just for anybody to find hanging open <laughs> yeah i mean this is this is like the biggest hipaa violation ever <laughs> yeah those records should have been destroyed taken somewhere else when the facility yes. was 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 closed down not just left there and, and the fuck, a records room for a massive hospital would probably be a lot bigger and more organized than just a fucking closet with boxes thrown in there and just piled on top of each other. Like, it's the worst, most unthought out laziness. I, like, it's so bad. So, so I, I talk to medical records all the time as my new job, as part of my job. I constantly talk to people in medical records. There's some pretty ignorant motherfuckers in medical records. Not all of them, but man, there's some disorganized fucks. You know, like <laughs> old Jimmy fuck up his 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 dad's a doctor, and it's like, well, I'll get you a job in the fucking medical records. That's where they wind up, man. I swear <laughs> to God. So that part, I was like, okay, I got it. 
All right, so uh, I forgot to say, as they walk down the halls to the record room, Gus has more visions of naked married ghosts um, throughout in, in the hallways. So um, it turns out Alex's sidekick and Nicole decide to stay back with the truck instead of go in. Um, sidekick pulls out a flip phone to call the cops. I'm like, finally! You, but this, you should have done this shit finally. a long fucking time ago. You know, maybe right when you saw the headless body come crashing through the fucking window. Maybe that's a good time to call the cops. Um, but no, they waited like 20 minutes to do it. But uh, he could, it's just so when he could have called the cops when they, as soon as they got into the truck with Gus. He could have called them while they yes. were driving. But nope, didn't do that either. Uh, anyway, so he pulls out. And as he starts dialing the phone, wham! Sidekick gets straight up Mortal Kombat-esque fatality to it. Uh, his head gets like sliced in two, like, like, like a fucking katana. Like a, it would, what, or like a... Kung like Lao's head. Yeah, like something like, yeah, or like a laser, like super crisp, clean cut. Kano's laser eye. Yeah, and you see like just half of his head, like it's at an angle too. So you see like half his head just like slide off and fall to the ground with the brain splattering on the pavement at, uh, at Nicole's feet. She screams and runs off, rightfully I so. Love I, 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 I kind of love it. I kind of love it, too. Yeah, I will say that. It was pretty awesome. But it just, like, but my, huh? it, it's a great-looking kill. But my problem with it is that, one, there's no fucking way the killer would have been able to get that close and to pull this off without being seen. Because they're out kind of in a parking lot, so there's nowhere to hide, and they're, like, not... And they're, they're facing each other, so they, one person could see behind the other yes, one. Yes. There's no way to be snuck up on. And the killer would have to get so fucking close to do that that the other one would blatantly see him right there. It's like, I, I kind of hate that. It kind of ruins the kill for him. It's like, what the fuck? So, anyway, it looks great, but it's just nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. So, Nicole, instead of running into the group hospital to get the rest of the group she runs off by herself into like some old barn like, like next door i don't know why there's a barn there but like, there is um so i don't know she runs up some stairs in the barn she trips and that's when she gets a fucking pickaxe in the back and she too gets another moral combat fatality like death yeah. uh the killer who i guess is italian and loves spaghetti treats her innards as such <laughs> Uh, the killer rips out her whole spinal cord, which is like embedded, like stuck on the tip of the pickaxe, and starts to spin the pickaxe around several times. It's like wrapping the intestines around the pickaxe like it's spaghetti oh. on a fork. Um, and it's again, it looks pretty great, but the, Nicole is just like, uh, uh, not like, not like it's like she's cramping, like, like trying to pass a large shit. Not like. Oh my god, my spinal cord and intestines are being ripped out. It's more like ah, it's a, <laughs> That's what she should be doing. But no. It's anyway, it still looks good, but And she just won't die. She's like ah, ah, Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you had like your your whole spinal cord ripped out and intestines, I think you that'd all be an insta death. But she whole takes for scene, <laughs> whole scene is so silly. Like it's kinda cool, but it's like the rap, like totally, dude. I'm like, oh, dude, it's just fucking red sauce on spaghetti. That's exactly what it is. I, 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 yeah, and, and it just keeps going and going Go. and going, <laughs> and, and Nicole's just going, ah, 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 going and going, and I'm like, and, and there was something kind of cool. And finally, she does the finale, and she spits up mouth blood onto the camera. Yeah, and like it like comes at the so that part I actually kind of like. 
So back in the records room, the group finds Mary's file. And upon reading it, they learn the completely and obvious secret that Mary's baby never actually died. Dun, dun, dun. That the doctors just took the baby and had it like basically sent to an orphanage where it was adopted. And that baby is again to no real, to no one's fucking surprise is the now grown up Daniel Harris, Elisa, Alyssa. Um, so now with that, we flash back to Daniel killing everyone. We at back of the house. We see, you know, the kill at the house, but now we just see it with Danielle actually committing the murders. And it turns out she wasn't throwing up in the bathroom when we saw her, when the guy walked in there. She was actually having horrible PMS cramps, which led to the period from hell as we watch as she starts to gush blood from between her legs and tries to shove a tampon up inside of her. And this is what apparently sent her into a bloodthirsty, monstrous rampage again was just a bad period. Like, what the fuck? Are you kidding? Like, seriously? Like, this is almost insulting to women. Like, if I was a woman watching, I'd be like, I'd be so pissed, I think. Like, this is stupid. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> when Aunt Flo comes to town, she takes a knife. Yeah. <laughs> the Crimson Tide. Ride that wave. Uh, I, I, ride the wave of death. And so much blood comes out of her. Like, it's like, you might as well just like look, cut off an arm. Like that much blood is coming out between her legs. It's all over the place. Yeah. Um, so we see a quick shot of Daniel Harris walking towards the asylum, carrying a pickaxe. Uh, the group exits the record room and sees Daniel Harris standing at the end of the hallway with the ax. Now they all look like, Oh my God. And they run for the door. They find it locked. Harris oh. swings the pickaxe, killing graveyard duck Gus by stabbing him in the neck with the pickaxe. And now, at this point, I get so fucking mad at what these fucktards do next. Keep in I, mind... I got, I, I got to tell you how mad I am here. Because Daniel Harris is a pretty small, diminutive person. Yes! Thank you! He's got a very heavy pickaxe, and there's like six people. Yes! And Thank her. Yes, and there's like six like, of them! Oh, no! <laughs> they just watched her kill Gus, and there's six of them. And the dudes... Like, like the two or three dudes left, at least two dudes, are, they, they tower, well, maybe not old man Logan Alex, he's tiny, but uh, sidekick? Uh, no, wait, he's dead. The other guy, there's still one more guy left, I think. And, oh, it's under, Gibbs, Gibbs is there. There's at least two dudes that could easily overpower Daniel Harris, who was like 5'4 on a good day, and like so tiny, and they could easily just bum rush her and end this. But they, they don't. Instead of that, they fucking scatter and run in different fucking directions. Not to say as a group, they all scatter off like fucking cockroaches fleeing when the light comes on, just scurry all these different ways. And that's, and then on top of that, uh, Daniel Harris, so she starts going after him, but <laughs> Daniel Harris is wearing a fucking mini skirt with high heeled boots. I mean, it's not the best outfit to be going on a murder spree in. And she, you, she, her heels are just clank, 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 yes, clank yes, pop, yes, pop, yes, pop, pop, pop. They echo that. down the hallway. There's no. Just, <laughs> just boom, 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 boom. But Everywhere she like, goes. <laughs> which, which now, in hindsight, knowing that she's the killer and that she killed that guy in the parking lot, being so stealthy, was able to get to. That's even more bullshit. Yes, she would have been thank you. Her goddamn shoes all over that place. Yes. So. <laughs> Harris 
Beatrice easily tracks down Gibbs and Jen, who are hiding in a room. Uh, she grabs Gibbs and drags him away into the shadows, but he reaches out for Jen. She grabs his hand to try to pull him back. And at this point, again, I'm like, I'm sorry, but there's no way that this tiny girl, Alyssa, down here, would have the strength to pull Gibbs away like this, especially when the other girl grabs him and starts pulling her games. Like, she's just not going to be strong enough to do that. And that's just saying, wait, she get, she, and that's like the power of PMS gives her Hulk strength or yes, something like that. Yes, I was that. just about to say, it's got to be <laughs> super enhanced period power. So, god damn it. So, so uh, Harris swings the pickaxe down at Jen and just cuts off her hand in like one slice with, with the pickaxe, which... I, what? Yeah, I don't... I, what? I'm sorry. You want to cut off a hand in one stroke with a pickaxe. Uh, but it allows her to pull Gibbs fully into the darkness and, and out. He's, he's gone. He's dead. Um, and then what happens next in this moment, I shit you not, I literally laughed out loud. Like I was giggling and I was laughing so much because basically a giant bucket of blood just gets thrown in Jen's face from off screen. Like the <laughs> sheer amount of blood, it's ridiculous. It's like, it's like that old Nickelodeon show you can't do it on television when somebody would say yes. like, what? And like the slime would just drop on their head from out of nowhere. That's basically what happens in this scene. Jen just sitting there and just a gallons of blood just get thrown on her. I was laughing my ass off at this. Uh, and then I she- wish I could be the person who's like, job it is to splash the actor or actress with the blood dude okay here it comes <laughs> what because it's, it's obvious a giant bucket of blood just got splashed in your face yeah um and then she too just gets dragged out of sight she's never seen again so now we cut to blonde guy that's the other guy there so there's three dudes there's gibbs old man logan and blonde guy in the skull cap in the knit hat who's uh He's running down the hallways. He's running. He's running. And somehow, like we mentioned, Harris is able to sneak up on him, like, despite the Lotto's echoing over heels. But she's there, and he doesn't see her until he turns around. And she bashes him in the mouth with the pickaxe. He falls to the floor. Mouth's all bloody. I think a tooth goes flying. And she proceeds to hack him to death with the pickaxe. And this is probably the worst-looking kill because, like I said, and Aaron, you mentioned it too, it, it just doesn't look very good because Daniel Harris is so tiny and looks like she looks like she's legitimately having a hard time trying yes. to swing this pickaxe up and down. Like she's choking up on that thing like like a baseball like you choke up on a baseball bat. She's not holding it down at the base and like really getting a big swing like the hammer. She's choked up on this thing. She's going eh, eh. it just not it just doesn't look very good. Yeah, it, it looks pretty weak. Um it it looks like she's more poking him with the pickaxe yeah. instead of, you know, absolutely destroying his body, but yeah, it, it does look pretty weak here. So next, um, Harris finds the room that Alex, Old Man Logan, and Lainey are hiding in. Kicks open the door. Lainey pleads with Harris to stop. She's like, Come on, we're friends. I'm your friend. Let's don't do this. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Alex and Harris, uh, they have a face-off. They kind of stand there staring, at, staring down at each other. And then Alex does what they should have done a long fucking time ago and just straight up decks her right in the face. Just punches Daniel Harris in the face. She drops the pickaxe. Like, Holy motherfucker! If you would have done that shit about ten minutes ago, maybe all your friends would still be alive. Right. Because goddamn it, <laughs> one punch to her face and she drops the pickaxe, and you guys could have swarmed her. God, <laughs> Jesus, this mentality. So anyway, um, ha- Harris and Alex get into a fight. They struggle, but the larger, stronger Alex eventually overpowers Harris. Who would have thought that? 
Who would have right. thought that would have happened? Uh, he gets her on the floor. He mounts her and just starts choking the shit out of her uh, the it's whole time. Murder, just murder choke. Yeah, it's murder. And the whole time, Lainey's in the background screaming for him to stop because that's her friend. And he does, you know, don't kill her, don't kill her. And then, I'm scared, blah blah blah. But Alex just strangles uh, Daniel Harris to death. She's dead. Alex and Lainey hug, and then they head for the exit doors. They reach the exit doors, and I can't fathom what they do next. I just cannot understand this. Instead of just getting the fuck out, getting in the truck, and going to call the cops, and going for help, and just leaving, they just fucking stand there and look at each other like they're in love for the first time. Like, oh, I love you so much. Just having that heartfelt moment. I love you. Oh, it's so great. They're just standing there doing nothing for what seems like two minutes. Like, it's maybe not that long, but it seems like a really long fucking time. And then from out of fucking nowhere... We hear the sound of a hatchet swinging, and Alex's head just pops right off, just goes flying <laughs> off. Lainey screams, looks over, and sees Mary's naked ghost standing there in the hallway with the hatchet in hand. Mary screams, raises the hatchet, charges at Lainey, blackout, roll credits. That is uh, fucking uh, Blood Knight and the Legend night. of Mary Hatchet. So, um, but that said, <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, let's move on to uh, favorite kills. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite kill. All right. Yeah, you know, there's, there's some actually some pretty good kills in this one. Honestly, I got to uh, give yes. credit. You know, if you're going to get fucking off the rails with the story <laughs> towards the end, at least you gave us some fun uh, some fun kills. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give them that much. The blood was over the top. The gore was there. The kills were, were good. That's the one thing it has for it. Um, so what? Uh, what's your favorite kill then, man? Uh, it's kind of tough, but I think I'm going to go with uh, the head stabbing until the head fell off. You know, like the girl's screaming, there's, she's naked, there's blood flying. Oh, the sex, the sex one? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Me- meat sack. stabbing and stabbing and stabbing, and then it's, it's like, it's, I think it's like the top of his head comes off, you know? like No, because it, it, the it's, neck. Like, he'll, like, he, she is stabbed, it the neck? Yeah, because well, he stabbed it, she stabs the neck so many times that the head just comes yeah, off just, the neck. But it's it's gruesome, it's gory. It's 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 not a clean chop. It's just stab 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 stab, and off it comes. I I like that. I thought that was pretty good. Okay. Um, for me, it, it's probably either the the head slice in half because that just looked good, even though it's very unrealistic that how the killer would have gotten that close, um, right. and do it unseen. And then and what the, the fuck did she use? Yeah, I'm saying if she's using a, a pickaxe or an axe, there's no way either one of those has a braid sharp enough and slim enough to make a cut like that. Like I said, she'd nothing, have to, she'd have to really use like a katana, like a like a super sharp katana, was the only thing I could think of that would make that fine of a cut, uh, you know, or, or like yeah. predators like laser, like a predator laser or something. <laughs> I, I don't fucking know, um, but it still it looked great, and, and and even the pickaxe to the back of the spinal cord, it was different. It looked good, as ridiculous and over the top as it was. Um, but I'm going to hear like festive Italian music in the background during that. Oh, hear that! It's amore, you know. When the sun hits your eye like a warm pizza pie, that's amore. Like, yeah, you want to hear that? Yeah. Or when the moon hits your eye, not the sun. But I don't know. Like the stabby one you do is good, but it's dark and fast. I think I'm going to go. Is even though it doesn't make any sense, not realistic. I'm probably going to go with the 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 head slice in half because it looked good. And I, it, 
for this level of a movie, the, the 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 way how good it looked really surprised me. I didn't think they'd be able to pull something off like that and make it look as good as, as, good as it did. So I'm going to go yeah. with that one for my favorite kill. Uh, so let's move on to odds and ends. Just when you thought it was over, here comes the odds and ends. All right, ratings. gives uh, IMDb gives it a 4.4 out of 10. Uh, there is no official thermometer score on Rotten Tomatoes, but it has an 18% audience score. Uh, and then on the opposite end, Amazon gives it a 4.1 out of 5. So 4 out of 5 on Amazon. Right. Um, wow. Plot keywords. There are 58 total plot keywords. Um, most of them sound like a fucking health, health class. porn movie. Yeah, health class <laughs> porn movie. We have female frontal nudity, bare breast, nudity, breast, finally, punched in the face, hitting the groin, interracial sex, lap dance, stripping, oral sex, watching porn, rape, and stabbed in the eye. I had to go with that one, though. So, so what about period? What about menstrual cycle? What about that? Was that in there, too? Yeah, I'm, yeah those were in there, too. Well, yeah, so basically... Like, yeah, it was. Those are way more. Those are way more unique plot keywords. We've never had that. Yeah, you're those right. Those would be ones to pick out. You know, like super period, killer period. No, you're totally Crimson right. I, I should. Death. I should. Crimson <laughs> the time death. Uh, God, that yeah. I man, I swear, like the fucking uh, Alabama man, they should climb <laughs> the universe. <of> Alabama should <laughs> clean out of this movie or something. I don't know. Um, but you're right. I should have gone with those. Um, trivia. Now, surprisingly, there was a decent amount of trivia I found for this movie. I was really kind of shocked I think it by helps, that. It, it helps having Bill Mosley and Daniel Harris. They yeah. give it a little bit of clout. I, I really think that's, I think that is it. So, uh, the wardrobe of Gra- Graveyard Gus, uh, was actually an homage to Crazy Ralph in the Friday the 13th series. Uh, he was dressed just I like can, Crazy I Ralph. I can see that now. I can kind of see that. Yeah. Um, all of Samantha Fauci's exterior nude scenes were shot in sub-freezing weather. Samantha Fauci is the one who played Mary, the naked ghost. So it was like freezing outside when she was naked doing those. Hence the hence the super nips. Yeah. Uh, despite Blood Knight being a tale about Long Island, shot on Long, Long Island with a cast and crew of mainly people from Long Island, production was not always welcome in the area. The production team was frequently harassed, fined, and eventually sued by the mayor of the town who did not want a horror movie being filmed in the town. That's funny. Yeah. The tale of Blood Knight was based off a popular Long Island, New York urban legend of Mary Hatchett. Uh, so it's based on a, a actual urban legend. Um, and writer director Frank Sabatel is from Long Island, so he grew up with the urban legend. Uh, the cemetery scene was shot at Cypress Hill Cemetery in Brooklyn, New York overnight. The crew would eat lunch in a mausoleum since it was too cold outside. Uh, legendary actors... And then, they would, then they would party to insane the membrane. Yeah. Uh, legendary actress Mae West was entombed in the mausoleum the Blood Knight crew was held in. And one night the cast and crew all paid her a visit uh, the bloody bathroom scene was the first scene Daniel Harris shot for the film, so that was day one for her uh, on set. Uh, the May initial- West, May West is buried at that uh, asylum scene. No, not the not the asylum, the the, the cemetery where they did the uh, Ouija board. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to say, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, a mausoleum at that cemetery. Um, oh, I want you to come up and see me sometime. The initial strip tease. That was a horrible May West, sorry. <laughs> the initial strip tease scene was accidentally deleted during production, and the scene needed to be completely reshot over again. And I call it bullshit on that. I think that's just a pervy director wanting to see the young girls dance and <laughs> strip down again. Like, oops, we deleted. You gotta do it again, girls. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the um, excess mountain sanitarium 
had its own creepy tales of ghouls, one of which was a black shadow which occupied one of the buildings and wandering and a wandering spectral nurse. Um, so that was the, the uh, sanitarium where they filmed at. Uh, most of the props in the sanatorium were left over from when the building was abandoned. Apparently, the building the building's owners could not get a cleaning crew to stay to properly remove the materials longer than a week. They'd all leave after experiencing supernatural occurrences. Uh, oh God. The opening tale of Mary Hatchett's childhood was shot several months after the initial production schedule with a different cinematographer. Uh, most of the special effects for the film were shot in one day after principal photography was wrapped. The special effects were first constructed with silicone heads, live cast from the actors. They were then enhanced with digital effects. Afterwards, the actors were not shot in the same positions or were shot in the same positions with their faces uh, were composed, you know, on top of the dummy. So, yeah, mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, since the overnight shot, the cemetery went on into the m- morning hours. A tent needed to be constructed to continue shooting the close-ups as because the sun had risen in the background. Uh, the production tried to shoot in the actual Kings Park Sanitarium where, where it was supposed to take place in Long Island. However, due to the extreme degradation of the facility, it was deemed unsafe, and the Essex Mount Sanitarium in central New Jersey was used as a replacement. Uh, a distraught crew member smashed the set windows with a hammer while the crew was on break. So most of the broken windows you see during the hallway scene uh, were due to the self-destruction of a, <laughs> of a disgruntled crew member who just went on a <laughs> rampage. What an asshole. Yeah. Uh, the candlelight seance in the cemetery is simulated with Christmas lights. And the sanatorium had no working heat, so portable heaters needed to be brought in to keep the holding areas warm. The sets, however, needed no, had no heat whatsoever when they were filming. Um so it seemed like a very cold and very rough uh, filming schedule for them. Um, so unfortunately, there is no budget. Uh, don't can't play the budget game. I couldn't, couldn't find anything on that. Uh, That's a shame because I, I was I was kind of curious about that one. Um, so that just brings us to our five star reviews. At the end of this day, one shall stand, one shall fall. versus wrong, light versus dark. In the end, when the dust settles, who will be left standing after Mortal Kombat combat? All right, so there were 121 total reviews on Amazon for this movie. This blew wow. my mind. The, 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 the um, breakdown here, 56% are five-star reviews with only 4% being one-star reviews. Wow. Yeah. So, there we go. I wrote down several, probably more than I should have for this, because I, I thought I was going to skip, you know, I was going to skip through you most of that to, movie. You don't have to read them all, man. I'm, you don't have to read I'm going to try all. to pick, I don't know. I'm going to try to pick, I don't remember which ones are the good ones or not. So, um, some, the first one is short. From Jake Snake, 1988. Uh, <laughs> this movie is awesome. Daniel Harris does a great job. And Bill Mosley is also great, too, playing Graveyard Gus. Great movie to watch. Five stars. Real short and simple. Uh, Gregory A. Scott writes, been looking for this movie for a week now, and for some odd reason, Amazon's the only one that carries it that I could find. I unboxed it and went nuts. This movie wowed me from the get-go. It has everything that a slasher film could have. Gore, gratuitous sex, gore, party, and gore. Dead, teenager, t- dead teenagers. And did I mention gore? 
So what if it ain't an award-winning movie? Most of the most uh most of the suck anyways. That's how Larry Alger. Most of the suck anyways. Uh, rule one: If you can keep my attention for ninety minutes, then you must be doing something right. Uh, love the storyline, love the acting, love the gore scenes. In fact, the only com- complaint I have is that the fact that I blew $9.99 on the download when I should have just bought the DVD outright, which is what I'm doing after the holidays. Five stars. So <laughs> Weird. Weird. Uh, from Skip Bizarre. Daniel Harris stars in this low-budget horror film. It's not Hatchet, but it's a very good film. Loved it. Five stars. And last one, from, last five star is from Paul Jr., now this one is written in all bold capital letters. So, wow, this is some movie. A lot of blood. The acting is okay, and the location is perfect. As you know, these kind of movies have boob shots. I just wish Hollywood would not have the naked scenes as much. It's okay to see a good-looking girl naked, but they overdo it. Plot of the story is about Mary Hatchett, this girl who pro- girl had problems when she was small. She does a horrible thing to her parents, and the story goes on with her getting raped by a worker in the nuthouse. Things go wrong from there, and takes you to a present day. This movie has some crazy parts, some blood, much blood. I give it five stars because of the plot to this and the plot to the story, and shows us that high school kids are same as my generation was. I say go ahead so, and the money. Oh yes, the music score in the beginning, I spooky and sounds great. Five stars. That's written read verbatim. <laughs> That that guy has a problem with boobs. Yeah, like who does that? I wish there weren't so many good-looking naked girls in this movie. That ruins <laughs> the movie for me. What? I what? I, I don't know if I'd ever really say that, but all right. Does um, not compute. Yeah, um, unless Paul pays for the other team. You know, I I, I don't know, but if he does, fine. Which is fine. Which is, Which fine, is fine. But I I just don't know why like why you would like I would make sense. Why like, even maybe, bring it up? Yeah, I don't understand like a girl would say that but but i i I don't it's weird so anyway one star reviews here we go from p p branch i have given this two stars if daniel harris had been the run running around nude but she wasn't so i did it one star (laughs) from michael butts and his review is entitled pms goes ballistic the slasher genre has become one of horror's most abused formats. Blood Knight is a prime example, lazy and that the movie uses a lengthy middle portion to focus on the obnoxious teen soft porn celebration with the titular holiday, quote unquote. None of the characters are given any real identities, and the actors left, and the actors left 17 years before. I don't know what that means. Uh, the menstrual connection is hilariously vulgar, and the excessive excessive gore merely repugnant. Goof alert, when Mary Hatchett kills her parents, she's supposed to be in 1972. The newspaper headlines say Mary was 12 years old. In the present, her tombstone gives her the date birth of 1967, which made her five and definitely pre-menstrual. The addition of horror stars Bill Mosley and Danny Harris does nothing to elevate the acting, and the remaining cast is to be kind, terrible, one star. And lastly, the last one I wrote is from Einsatz, Einsatz, uh, entitled Sex and Scissors. The opening sequence before the credits even rolled gave me hope that this movie indeed be something I'd like to add to my collection of slash films. Unfortunately, after the credits begin to roll, after the credits roll, it's as if another director took over and, and proceeded to ruin everything that I looked for. It looked so promising only minutes before. Suddenly, we're mistreated to the gathering of everything that looked uh, of a group of nitwits all giggling like hyenas, carrying on like buffoons. No wonder their clique was so exclusive and no one wanted to hang out with these dopes. At the end of the movie, the end of the movie, uh, at this point in the movie, they grounded to a halt. Varying off on a tangent as his gang wanders aimlessly, hangs out, yip, yap, yap, 
um, some more. Some of them get bright and unoriginal idea to play with a Ouija board in the cemetery. And then the creepy guy pops up, tells everything to go story. What momentum they started with this is now gone because it's uh, because it's party time. Everyone gets drunk, sex and serious dancing follows. They kept asking myself what or because at this point I wasn't certain this is a horror movie, isn't it? Right? It is a horror movie. It's as though they forgot the genre and decided instead to make an update of Porky's. I took for it took forever before uh, the story finally drifted back to matter hand. By then, however, I lost interest and in nothing they did after it could change my mind. Worse uh, than the no surprise killer is absurdly revealed. It's such a laughable revolution. I could think it was how stupid people are. You know what? Uh, fuck this. He's getting on a little. He's carrying on too bit. No one cares if a creep loses their head. They also don't help that the killer was itty bitty and uh, wore this is, this and, is getting and, long. It was itty bitty and wore no, no, noisy boots. So yeah, that one ran it on a bit, but um, you get the point. So sorry about that. I probably should have not read that one. Um, anyway, so there's the split. Aaron, what's the what? what, what that's right. What's your final thoughts on the, on this one? I will agree with that last reviewer that it seems like there was two different, you know, writers and directors essentially in the first 15 minutes of the movie. And then the rest of the movie, maybe it's also the, the, the story that Gus tells the way that's shot and the way that's done is somewhat reminiscent of the first part of the movie. It almost felt like there was just two separate pieces. Um, and it, they, they, they kind of wrapped up, they kind of expressed exactly what I was going to say was first 15 minutes. I, I have mentioned before, I didn't know how I felt. I wasn't sure, but it was unique. It was something different. It was something that kind of at least got my attention, right? And then it just evolves into your everyday bullshit, shitty uh, horror movie. And it's, it, and then you have Daniel Harris, who I, at the top of the show, mentioned how much I appreciate her now. But her as the killer, how the fuck is she going to throw a dead body through a window how, when she was supposed to be downstairs? There's different, how did she get to the fucking asylum Thank from the you. house party? That I mean, was my point. I was writing down my notes. I was going to talk about that. I'll talk about it more. But yes, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. I have a problem with. But keep going. Yeah. No, it, 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 there's, there's just it, how did she sneak up on somebody? We covered that with her fucking crazy loud boots. There's just too much. And I, hey, dude, I like going along for the ride. I like the suspension of disbelief. But there's just too many goddamn plot holes. Old Gus just happens to be driving by. Come on, kids, let's go to the asylum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it 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 fell apart. I felt like it started something good. They they kind of had that vibe in the beginning of like like Bloody Mary with the little twist of like uh, Lizzie Borden, like you said. It was kind of interesting. It had a little hook to it, and then it all just kind of fell apart. So I'm gonna just say, so bad it's scary. Great kills, fun kills. You know, but when you have that gap from after the first 15 minutes to the last 15 minutes, it's like all the shit in between is just like unscripted dialogue party scenes where teens like just talk over each other the whole time. Yeah. So, um, poop. So you said so bad, it's scary. Right. So bad, it's scary. Um, so uh, here's a few things I want to say about before I, before I, I, I give my final verdict. One, yes, I agree with you. Um, after I wrote my notes, like, um, when we find out, when we reveal the fact that it reveals that Daniel Harris is the killer, it, yeah, it makes me like, how the fuck does she throw that body through a window? And again, it doesn't make sense because she was supposed to be downstairs. Yes. So she, I mean, Grant, like, okay, maybe there is somehow in the dark she could come back upstairs and do this, but 
She wouldn't be strong to throw a whole body through a goddamn window. And even if she, she would have been seen. Like, because they were standing right in front of that window. You're telling me nobody's looking out and would have seen her outside the window throw a body in? Like, come on. And it's just so unbelievable that she didn't even have the strength to do it. Um, and then, uh, so I also, I had to know something about Baby Dick, Dig Up, and Gus. I, I, I can't remember what I was going to say, but... You're right, I was talking about how if he the whole point of Gus was like feeling bad about digging the baby up, or he if he would have gone back and dug the baby up and found there was no baby in the first place, like he, a lot of this could have been I don't know. Like there's a plot hole there. I forget what I was gonna say, but it's there. Um another thing, like I don't like I I love Daniel Harris and I always will, but some of these movies she's done, I I mean I love seeing her, so I'm I'm never gonna say stop, but it just I don't know. I, I just wish she, I kind of wish she wasn't the killer in this one. What I think I would like to have seen uh, instead was maybe, you know, maybe she's not the killer. Maybe she has that bad. I almost wish the killer would, they would have just stuck with like Mary, like the ghost of Mary, like make yes. is doing it. That would have been fine. You could have done pulled off the plot of the Mary, the ghost throws the body in a supernatural. You could just roll it off as supernatural shit and make fine, whatever. Uh, and then like, I would like to have had Daniel Harris's character listed like not know because she's adopted. Maybe she maybe not know she Mary was her mom and like she has this bad period in the band. Like, oh, guys, this hurts so bad, but she doesn't know why. And then she gets to the hospital and they find the records and they realize, oh, she was adopted. I'm like, oh, my God, that was me. Like, I'm her right. daughter. Oh, my. And then she could be like the hero. Like, she could have confronted Mary. Like, she could have been the final girl like, and confronts her the dead, angry spirit of her mom. And like, and like she's the one who like puts Mary to rest or such stuff. You know, she could have done like, I think that would have been better and more believable than having tiny Daniel Harris going around killing people with a pickaxe. that's almost as big as she is and clunky heel boots. Uh, I, I would have liked that better. Um, now, yeah. Uh, on a plus side, like I said, we said, earlier, the kills are good. The, the gore is over the top, the, the almost too over the top. Um, I, as part of this, I wonder if this was supposed to be like a dark comedy. Like I, the movie, I think would have been better as a dark comedy. Because if you're going this weird, weird explanation, periods made these women go crazy and kill people. Then you know what? Go over yeah. the go over the top of it and turn it into like an over the top comedy with this, and like like really be like play up the period thing. Like if you're gonna do it, commit to it and like do it in like like a over the top way or something. Make it silly in a way that is. I don't know because otherwise I think it's just a really weird premise and almost kind of like a like thin ice kind of thing to walk on all that. Like that's kind of iffy. If that's the, the explain, that's why these it's, women are it's, killing. It's it's it's, 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 it's stupid. It, yeah, stupid, you know, low hanging fruit, stupid. a borderline offensive maybe to women. Like I can't speak because on, on that, but I you know I don't know maybe if Sarah you know uh, first lady of the first lady of horror horror hears this uh, Sarah Samples you know, give. You know, she can give us her opinions on the matter, or uh, I know a longtime li- li- uh, listener, uh, Katie O'Brien. If you're listening, you know I I don't know. Maybe that's weird to call you guys out. I don't know, but it's like I'm not a woman, so how do the females feel about this being the premise for why somebody would go on a killing also, spree? It's like, also stupid. It's it's juvenile. You yeah, know? it's like it's like a 14 year old boy's like, oh, you got your period went crazy. Yeah, like I, yeah, it's like it's just weird, like. Now I don't know the real urban legend of Mary Hatchet. That's a, is is that what the real legend is? Like Mary Hatchet, I, the urban legend. Did she go crazy on a period? I doubt it too, but I I don't know. So, with that said, uh, as as good as the kills are, and as much as I love Daniel Harris, I'm still gonna say so bad, scary, uh, because like kind of like you said, also 
it is kind of like a tale of two movies. Like, the opening is great. Like, I was into it. I'm like, uh, even despite the period thing, which we didn't really find out, you know, until after the credits. But I'm like, okay, this is great. This is intense. This is gory. It's bloody. This is cool. Uh, it's dark. And then it becomes a whole movie. And then, like, you get, like, 45 minutes in the middle of this movie where it's just that, that stupid party scene of these this meaningless, dumb characters that nobody cares about. None of them are, like, particularly funny or charming or likable. Really. It's like, there's who cares? And they're just there. And so it's not until, like, the last really 10, 15 minutes of the movie where everything else happens. So if you do, by some chance, want to watch it, just watch the beginning, the first 15 minutes, and then fast forward to the last 15 minutes, and that's all you need. You don't need anything in between. Nothing matters in, in, in that section. So I too, You're wasting your time, yeah. Yeah, I, so I'm going to say So Bad It's Scary as well. Um, you know, Marshall, I got to say, I really like that idea you had about baking, you know, having it be supernatural, have Mary, you know, be the actual antagonist of the film, uh, have the showdown with Daniel Harris. I think that's a great idea. I mean, it, even, Gu- yeah, it, it, even Gus the whole time saying, you know, Mary just wants her baby back. She's hunting her baby back. And, well, yes. there she is. There's the baby. Melissa's right there. And she's like, oh. They they come. She gets her back. They they meet. They they come together. And then Alyssa can either figure a way to uh, exercise Mary or put her to rest or something, or who knows? Or or like, maybe set up the sequel. You know, it, she puts the rest. But maybe once she interacts with Mary, Mary, maybe Mary then possesses Alyssa at the very end. And you see that like the very end of the credits, like Alyssa's eyes turn red, or or she picks up. Maybe you know, like the whole like. Uh, she picks up where mom left off. I don't know, but there's, I just think it's been a better movie and would have made Daniel's character more believable and saying like this 98 pound killer going around trying to kill people that are twice her size with a pickaxe she can barely carry. So, and it's not like they didn't have that idea or have at least a little bit of that notion because at the very end they tease the supernatural like re-manifestation of Mary killing, yeah. you know, old man Logan. Yeah, so, so it's she, not like they, that idea wasn't there. It's not like it wasn't a possibility. It's just shitty writing. Yeah, and they never did. It wasn't like they never inclined or, or, or hinted at that Mary and Alyssa were working in cahoots. They're working together because never see like them interact or like have like Alyssa realize like you know Mary killed one person and Alyssa killed this other person. They were working together. They, they didn't even do that either. It was just Alyssa doing it all, but then Mary became an afterthought except for Gus who's seen if, if, images of her, and then Mary comes at the very end and kills. Uh, old man Logan and, and, and his girlfriend Lainey. So like, yeah, I really think there's a missed opportunity there to, to make it Alyssa the hero at the end of this instead. Mm-hmm. And I think that's better for Daniel Harris. As much as I love Daniel Harris, I don't necessarily like her as the killer because she's, right. I, I guess people want to do it because that whole like curve of like, oh, look, this small, tiny person who's so unassuming and innocent, she was really the killer, dun, dun, dun. But it doesn't work in my eyes because to me, Daniel Harris is always going to be should be like that final girl should be the good girl or, mm-hmm. or she's not going to be the, the main character. Like here, when she's older now, she could be like the, you know, like the, you know, maybe like the town sheriff, you know, like a small town sheriff who's kind of like helping them track, you know, that, that, or like the Dr. Loomis type character of, of a movie or something like that in the future, sure. but not the, he played that sheriff role before. <laughs> yeah. I, you're, but, there was a movie she did, but like something other than just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's just my opinion. No, and, I, I totally agree. I'm totally with you. I like that idea. It is a shame that they missed it. Um, yeah, and, and this is something else I have. is These super periods that cause her to go on a murderous rampage, 
Is this the first time it happened, or does it just happen every fucking month? That's a great know? point. Like, if this is a reoccurring <laughs> thing, which, again, when I read that, uh, the education moment, like, this would be an ongoing thing. Like, it ha- would happen, like, all the time. So she'd be used to it. Like, she'd be taking medications. If she knew her time of the month was coming up, and she's going to be dealing with this, she should have been in that party anyway. She'd be like, no, I got some serious shit that's about to happen to me. I need to stay home with, like, one of those hot water bottles on my belly or something like that. And, like, uh, 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 and, and my mind all, and, like, just a blanket over me and put my Snuggie on or something like that. I, I, I don't it's, know. It's like, it's, like the, it's like the menstrual version of the wolf, man. You yeah, know? it really is. Like, once the, <laughs> the full moon, when the period comes around, she transforms. Like, you would know that she's coming. You would be like, I don't think if you knew this that bad, be like, yeah, I'm going to go out and party, wear this mini skirt and be all cute. And like, you'd be like, fuck it. I'm staying at home underneath my covers with my Ben and Jerry's. I'm going to build, I'm going to fucking binge watch, you know, fucking Nurse Jackie or something like that. Or Housewives. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's not like, it makes zero sense. So, like, I would love to hear, I would love to hear a a, a girl's, a female's view on this movie. If if someone's actually seen it or watched it, or even if you just listen to the podcast, let let us know, man. I, I don't know. But, um, all right, so that, that does it uh, for this episode. Uh, all right, I do have next week's episode planned, uh, movie planned out, but I'm not going to say anything because I've, it turns out every time I say something the week before, <laughs> like, inevitably it gets something happens between now and then and it gets canceled or moved back. So I'm, I'm not going to say anything, but we don't be... you give me COVID, Marshall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So anyway, hopefully yeah, if they all go, I have the move picked out. We'll be back next week. It's it's a, next week's if it, honestly is a real fucking doozy. Like this is like, uh, this is going back to like horrible horror roots type doozy of a movie. Um, so I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, with that said, guys, thanks for listening. I'm glad to be back. Sorry we're gone for a whole long, uh, little while. Hope you guys. Well, hey man, you were you with were us. sick with a disease that's plagued the country. The I know, world, but people really. are fickle. So I, those of you who stuck around, I appreciate. it. Love you guys. Uh, love you, Moon Goons. Uh, with that said, you know what to do. Watch more horror movies. And remember to always keep it tight.